G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Why is it that we sometimes have a tendency towards judging others? Here's a possible clue. When Adam was asked if he had partaken of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he attempted to protect himself by getting the focus onto Eve and judging her. Could it be that when we feel bad about ourselves, we look for faults in others in order to feel a little bit better about ourselves? Or do we judge others because we might think that by pointing out the faults and failings of others, we will help to fix them. It will lead to change in their lives. And when we do this, we have more faith in our own ability than that of the Holy Spirit to transform others. People change as they hear Christ-centered teaching and see it fleshed out in the lives of the body of Christ. We might think that judging is our role or our responsibility, but it is sin. It is eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It may be time for some of us to heed the advice of Jesus and concentrate more on the plank in our own eye rather than the speck in our neighbor's eye. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello, Phil's my name and welcome to the program. We're looking at the subject of judging this week and a really practical one. Ken, uh, pretty direct words just there. It's true though, isn't it, that criticism and judging of others are more kind of acceptable sins? Yes, we've come to tolerate it and, and accept it as the norm, I think. And uh, our judgment of others is often determined by traditional beliefs of what is good and evil rather than what God says. Uh, let me give you an example. We judge anyone who operates outside of the parameters that we have set for right behavior or beliefs. Uh, that's eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil again, you know, kind of evaluating what are, what are more serious sins than others, you know. So give us some examples here. Would it be things like sexual sins would be up there? Well, that's always top of the list, isn't it? The sexual sins are top of the list in, in our evaluation. Then we've got things like drugs, stealing, drunkenness, mm-hmm. violence, etc. But in contrast to those, we've accepted a lot of other things. For example, unforgiveness. Mm. As a lot of people walking around filled with unforgiveness. Now, Jesus said that in the end, if, if a person doesn't forgive their brother, treat them as a tax collector or an unbeliever. Mm. That's a pretty... Uh, a serious statement, wouldn't you say so? Then, of course, there's a lot of busybodies, you know, people that meddle in other people's affairs and, yep. uh, you know, gossip and that sort of thing. Paul actually said, don't keep company with those people. Don't keep company with them. And then, okay, obesity. Um, I think we are the second obese nation uh, in in the world today. Listen to what the book of Proverbs says. Whoever keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. Mm. And so, you know, the Bible addresses those things in, in quite a serious way. Here's another one, covetousness. Uh, you know, there, there'll be probably people that hold positions of authority and leadership in the body of Christ that also have a lot of covetousness in their own. Mm, so desperately yeah. wanting what somebody else has got. Yeah, wanting more of what they've got, you yeah. know. Um, and Paul says that covetousness is actually idolatry mm. and that the covetous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, porn addiction, you know, a serious thing, and a lot of people are caught up in that web and that trap. But what about those who watch soap operas with kind of real questionable themes and yet they watch them regularly and mm. feed their mind on that sort of thing and so on? Now, here's a big one that I'm, I believe um, needs to be, be addressed more than it ever is, and that's division in the body of Christ, decimating the body of Christ through 
you know, things that we say, things that we do, separating over what I would call secondary beliefs or non-essential issues and so on. Yeah, I guess the list could just go on and on. You mentioned previously that the word judgment itself, though, means to separate the right from the wrong. So we have to do some kind of judgment. You also said it not only ends up separating wrong behaviour from right behaviour, but from what you'd call uh, the good guys and the bad guys. Just yeah. talk about that. Well, the word judge is from the Greek word krino, and it means to select or to separate or choose. But as you say, we don't judge actions. We end up judging people. We don't just criticise behaviour. We put people into the in-basket and the out-basket. Uh, I've had myself doing that, Phil, a number of times, You know, especially uh, if people don't believe what I believe and see things the way I see them. I mm. kind of... Um, put them in this basket over here. Well, they're not really one of us. <laughs> it's, it's easy to do. You know, it is easy to do. Um, and we say that, you know, the church is a refuge for sinners, but it turns out in reality it's a it's a refuge for certain kinds of sins, but not, <laughs> not every sin. Yeah, that, that that's very, very true. And you wonder at times whether our judgments would line up with God's. And, of course, I guess he can accurately judge people because only he knows all the variables that make up their lives. We generally don't. We know where a person is at and so maybe some other factors that are at work within them, but not everything. Our judgment will always be in error because it's a result of, as you say, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We'll use our own standards, which I guess are corrupt, for our own judgments, and that, that's flawed from the outset. Yeah. In fact, uh, Phil, you remember that earlier this week we talked about Jesus being the true image and representation of God. And so it's important to look at the way that he viewed people, including those who failed. Uh, the first thing you know that we notice is that he said that he hasn't come to judge, but to but save. To save yeah. you know, he was aware that people would mess up, but he hasn't come to judge them, but to save them. Uh, he didn't come to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but to be the tree of life. So a lot of people didn't understand that about him. Take, for example, James and John. You know, They went to a village and the, the village rejected them. And uh, James and John said, would well, you want us to call down fire from heaven? Do you want us to zap them? Do you want us to remove them from the planet? Yeah. He didn't say yes, did he? <laughs> he did not say yes. He said, no, 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 no. He said, uh, you don't know what spirit you're of. You know, the Son of Man hasn't come to, to judge but to, to, or to destroy lives but to save lives. Mm. Um, he left all the judgment, of course, to the Father. Um, and he often ma- avoided actually making judgments about correct behavior. Um, with direct answers. I mean, for example, there's uh, a couple that came to him or one guy says, you know, Lord, tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me. You know, tell him to do the right thing, in other words. And Jesus said, well, who made me a judge over you? You know, I haven't come to, to you know, tell people what to do and to judge them. Mm. That must have been quite a shock because Jesus was very clear about his message and about, you know, what is right and what is wrong, as you say, but he didn't actually come to judge people's lives. And, we see it again. The classic one, of course, is the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. Everybody wanted to throw those stones, those rocks at her, destroy her. And Jesus said, well, you know, he that's without sin, you, you go first. <laughs> uh, where are your accusers? There's none, Lord. Neither do I condemn you. I don't judge you. Mm. Go your way and sin no more. Now, he never condoned sin. We're not saying that, Phil. But what we're saying is that he wasn't into judging and bringing people in judgment. So I, that's the I guess his, his greatest concern is our relationship with him, our relationship with the Father. And there's yeah. a great example of it. Of He didn't say, yes, you're a dirty, rotten sinner woman. He actually turned it back on to the people who were accusing to challenge them about their status with the Father ultimately. Yeah, that's right, and which is the, the plank and the, yep. the, you know, the, the sawdust or whatever it is, the speck, you know. Just go and concentrate on the plank in your own eye. You know? So the first thing is then by his example he didn't judge. 
But then by his teaching, he didn't judge. You remember the, the parable of the wheat and tears, which we'll probably get into later on. You know, he said this. He said, look, um, don't judge what's wheat and what's tears. You know, sometimes we say, oh, I don't think that person's a Christian. Well, Jesus said, don't make that call. It's not your call to make. Uh, there have been many people that I thought are definitely not Christians, and they've turned out to be wonderful Christians. There have been others I thought they were, you know, radiant Christians, and mm. they've gone right away, you know. I mean, who's to know? It's not our judgment. Jesus said, don't you make that call. You don't even need to go there. You leave that one with me. So that's the second thing is in his teaching, he said, don't judge people. But then thirdly, I, I think he addressed those who had invented this system of grading people's sins, uh, this system of passing judgment. This is bad. This is very bad. This is the worst, you know. And he basically messed it all up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he said to the, the self-righteous, he said, Assuredly, I say to you that the tax collectors and the harlots enter the kingdom of God before you do. And, um, you know, you, you've kind of put yourself at the top of the pile. Actually, you're at the bottom of the pile. I guess it's that whole concept of those people who are already well don't need a doctor, you know, people yeah. who are thirsty, weary, hungry, heavy laden, you need a peace, you know, they yeah. need to come to the Father. And in many respects, they're the ones who we will judge and say they've messed it up. Yeah. You know? And they did come to him, the harlots and the tax collectors, they came to him and they, they received his mercy. And then the last thing I would say, Phil, is that um, he said that people would know that we're his disciples, not by our judgment, not by, you know, really purity of doctrine in every, you know, crossing every T, dotting every I, but because of the love that we have for one another. Yeah. But there are times where we have to judge, though, aren't there? There are, and uh, we're going to look at that tomorrow. Our subject this week is judging, and we'll continue the conversation same time tomorrow. Hope you can join us. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.